Why are you downcast, my soul? Why do you groan within me? Wait for God, for I shall again praise him, my Savior and my God. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Shinstat Way of Life podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. This is the podcast for September of 2021. As always, it is a joy to be with you again. And today I am feeling inspired and prompted um, just by a conversation that I had via email a few days ago with someone that I had the distinct pleasure and blessing of meeting at the 100th anniversary celebration of women in Shunstadt that was back it at the end of June, we celebrated this year in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And this is one of the women I got, at, like I said, that I had the distinct pleasure and blessing of meeting at that event. And we were able to connect here again recently and just share stories and share struggles and just encourage one another and lift one another up in, in prayer, uniting one another in our home shrines. And really that conversation that I had with her um, is really just what's inspired this. After we began emailing back and forth, I... Um, Begin realizing, wow, how much we all can relate to what she and I were talking about. And as just a special little um, gift, I guess, for all of us, if you will, for lack of better terms, um, her name is Rebecca, and she has agreed to be a guest on the show for next month. So next month, I will have, I'll have her on the podcast, on the episode, and I'll get to ask her some questions about just how Shunstadt became a part of her life and the life of her family, the history of it in her family, and um, also what it's been like for her and her family as she raises her young ones and is homeschooling this year and what that's like living in her covenant and living in her newly dedicated home shrine. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with her on this podcast. So thank you, Rebecca, for your yes and for reaching out to me and for just encouraging me in prayer these last few um, few days especially. So I opened with that um, scripture. That was from Psalm 42. Why are you downcast, my soul? Why do you groan within me? Wait for God, for I shall again praise him, my Savior and my God. I began with that because Rebecca and I began having a conversation about, you know, these moments in our life when our lives of prayer, um, you know, just feel blah, Right? where they just feel blah, where we're, we've, we are still attempting to show up to our lives of prayer, where we're uniting ourselves with God in the sacraments on a regular basis, where we're um, spending time in our home shrine day in and day out, perhaps even if it's short periods of time, right? But amidst all of that, and, and even our, our strivings for holiness, you know, things just feel blah. And as I was thinking about that, praying about that, Psalm 42 kept coming up in my prayer and this idea of why, why are you downcast, my soul? Like these times where we can't like, we can't get ourselves out of the funk, so to speak, right? And we don't even really know why we're in the funk to begin with. It's just like something just feels off, right? And of course, we have the words of our founder, Father Kensinick, and I'm sure all of you guys can quote these with me because these are words that, that we say as a movement and that we keep at the forefront of our, um, of our endeavors here or of our reminders here, right? Because they're so powerful. Father Kensnick says, I firmly believe that no one will be lost who remains faithful to the covenant of love. 
How often have we heard that? How often have we reminded ourselves of that? Because, you know, this life of prayer, this striving for holiness, this striving to grow in virtue and to uproot vice, guess what? It gets hard, right? And we get tired along the way and we get worn out along the way and we and we wonder along the way, is this actually doing anything? Is this actually working? Am I actually making progress? My, my kids are still disconnected from church. My grandkids aren't even baptized. What is the point of all this, right? We all go through these, these different periods of our life. And so how often do we need to remind ourselves of these words. I firmly believe that no one will be lost who remains faithful to the covenant of love. And what does that mean to remain faithful to the covenant of love, to this covenant that we've made with the Blessed Mother, right? That we invite her into our hearts. She invites us into her heart. We say, walk this with me. You've done this perfectly. You fulfilled your covenant demands perfectly. And so we look to her as our intercessor, as our role model, as our queen. And we fulfill these covenant demands faithfully. Faithfully. Now, if I recall in a previous episode, we actually took time to like do a refresher on the promises and the requests of Mary, right, within this movement, the promises and the requests. So I'm not going to repeat all of those here. But one of the requests of the Blessed Mother keeps coming up as I've been preparing to be with you today. And that's that request of fulfill your duties faithfully. There again, we have this word, faithful, faith, right? Faithfully, uh, Father Kensnick says, I firmly believe that no one will be lost who remains faithful to the covenant of love. What does that actually mean? Well, isn't the definition of faithfulness, right? Remaining in this, um, this state of hope, this state of peace, this state of prayer, continuing to show up in our lives of prayer, show up in the lives of our family, show up in the lives of the church, in the lives of the sacrament, even when things get hard? I mean, isn't that what it means to remain faithful, right? It at least has that implication. And so we have this in one of the requests of Our Lady, right? To fulfill our duties faithfully. Fulfill our duties faithfully. So again, in the conversation that Rebecca and I were having in these last few days, this is what we were going back and forth, you know, again, sharing our own personal struggles, sharing where we're at in our in our journey and all of that, and, and wondering, what do we do when we get to these times where things just feel blah, where we feel lost, where we feel disconnected, where we believe that we have our home shrine dedicated, we've entered into this covenant of love, and we believe the graces are flowing, right? But we're not necessarily seeing that or feeling it. Well, first of all, let's go back to the basics once again and remind ourselves of the reality of the lives of our souls and our lives of prayer. And the reality is that feelings are not a good indicator of where our souls are in their walks with Christ. They are not. Feelings are good. Feelings are important. Feelings are given to us by God, right? We're created in his image and in his likeness. These are good. I'm not saying feelings are bad. Sweep them all under the rug. Not saying that at all whatsoever. I would never say that. But if we are trying to get a clear understanding of where our lives of prayer are, is our prayer being effective? Is guess I'm what I'm trying to trying to say here. Then how we feel about it is not a good indicator. There are times in our walks with the Lord that we can feel like things are great. I'm good. Life is good. Everything's great. God loves me. Things are fine. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'm good. And we could be farther from God than we have ever been in the course of our lives. 
On the flip side of that, there are times in our prayer when it can feel way more than just blah, right? Where our prayer is dry and arid, where we feel like we are so far from God, where we feel alone in the world, where it's dry and desolate. And we go through these these deep valleys and we say, God isn't even here. We have these trials of faith and we say, is is this actually the the truth? Like, and and we go through these struggles. And like I said, it's anything but feel good. And yet at, there are those times where we could be closer to God than we've ever been in our lives. And so feelings are not a good indicator of where we are in our walks with Christ. Okay, so we understand that on some level. And going back to this theme of remaining faithful to the covenant of love, remaining faithful in these times where we feel blah, where we feel dry, where we feel arid, where we feel like, is this even working? Is this even worth it? Go back to that one request of the Blessed Mother, the one we're talking about today. Fulfill your duties faithfully. You see, to live a life of holiness is to live a life in union with God and His will, right? It's not about supernatural experiences. It's not that, you know, you're holy because you've had these um, supernatural visions or you're holy because you hear God speak to you or you're holy because you can read souls or you're holy because you've received the stigmata. This is not what makes a man or woman holy. Now, sometimes God, of course, grants these things to men and women who are growing in holiness. That's absolutely the case. But this is not the indicator of, in order to be holy, you have to have these XYZ supernatural things happen to you, right? Holiness is in striving to carry out God's will day in and day out, day in and day out, showing up day in and day out and giving God your yes, day in and day out. Of course, a part of that is we fall, we fail, we turn back to him, with contrite hearts, we seek his reconciliation, which is always there for us. We're reconciled with him and our relationship with him, and we try again, right? We give him our yes day in and day out. This is the makings of a saint, and it's anything but extraordinary on the surface. It's incredibly ordinary, right? But this is what it means to be holy, to live in union with God and in union with his will for you and your life. And so how do we know what God's will is? How do we discern that day in and day out? And each and every moment, each and every second, I have to think about, okay, God, well, would you rather me spend this next 10 minutes um, staring at the wall and praying a rosary? Or would you like me to, is it okay if I like veg out for 10 minutes? And, and like, do we have to invite God into every little teeny tiny decision we make in our days? Hold on. We're making this harder, I think, than what it needs to be. First of all, God, yes, is involved and wants to be involved in every single itty-bitty decision we make in our life. But how do we know what his will is without obsessing about this constant, is this right, is this wrong? Because we can become scrupulous with that and take this to a place where God doesn't want it to go. Well, one of the ways that we know God's will is in the demands of our vocation, right? So we have these vocations that God has called us to as wives, as mothers, as husbands, as fathers, perhaps you have a vocation in the religious life. Whatever your vocation in life is, your state in life, there are duties associated with that vocation and with that state in life. And that is one way that you know this is how I am fulfilling God's will for my life 
when I fulfill the duties of my state in life faithfully. Okay, so let me talk to the busy wives and the busy mothers for a second. Not because the rest of you aren't important, just because I can more easily relate. So we wake up in the morning, right, after a child through the night is even demanding our attention. We wake up, we attempt to make some sort of effort to to pray, to connect ourselves with the Lord. Perhaps we go visit our home shrine, we sit in our shrine, we, we pray quickly our consecration prayer, and, you know, we are basically pleading with the mother, please show up and help me because already I'm burnt out, Right. And we go through our day doing our best to feed our family, to wipe runny noses, to change dirty diapers, to put food on the table and to clean up the dishes afterwards, right? To make sure everybody is taken care of. All their basic needs are taken care of. That and, and above, right? And we, then we try to, we try to be um, moms and dads who are spending time playing with our kids and entertaining our children and, and being friends with our children on top of being mothers and fathers to our children. But that's a story for another day. But all of this, it goes on and on and on. And you get to the end of the day and everything is drained out of you. There's like not an ounce left. And you're like, oh, this was supposed to be the time I spent to like give a half an hour of God to a half an hour of my time to God in deep prayer. And the second your head hits the pillow, you're out like a light. Until 15 minutes later when somebody wakes up and needs you again, right? And the cycle starts all over again. Now that might be an extreme day, but I know we all have all had days where we can relate to that. And you think in that moment, well, you beat yourself up. This is a temptation. I beat myself up and I didn't make an effort to pray today. And my prayer is blah. My prayer is dry. And I'm a terrible person who's never going to grow in any way, shape or form on the path of holiness, right? Take a step back, take a deep breath, and remember the basics. Holiness is in doing God's will for your life. And a part of us knowing what God's will is, is to fulfill the duties of our state in life faithfully. Now, that is not an excuse not to carve time out of your day to spend one-on-one prayer time with the Lord. That is not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. We really need to be making an effort to do that. And for most of us, most of the time, it's really just a matter of discipline to carve out that 15, 20, 30 minutes of time to spend one-on-one time with um, with the Lord in prayer, right? And in, in communication with Him. But on the days where that doesn't happen and it's of no fault of your own, it's just charity demanded you elsewhere, then we have to become people who trust that this is the prayer that God needs from us that day, right? That the way we fulfilled our covenant demands, the way that we remained faithful to the covenant of love is by that very act of giving ourselves and pouring ourselves out to others by fulfilling our duties faithfully. So get in good habits of connecting and praying every morning and every evening. And when life gets crazy, having these moments where, where you can just re, recenter yourself, right? Where you can regroup, you can recenter yourself, recenter your family, regroup, put your eyes all back on the Lord, back on God, and then jump back into the chaos in whatever sense, in whatever way, shape, or form that the Lord needs you to do that for the day. But we have to become people that trust that if I'm showing up and fulfilling my duties faithfully, and I'm striving to do these ordinary things, these ordinary things that, that I mentioned, the runny noses, the dirty diapers, the dishes, the meals, yeah, da, 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 da. If I'm striving to do those ordinary things extraordinarily well, with a heart filled with love, and giving all of these efforts and all of these offerings to our Lord and to our mother, 
then this in fact becomes our prayer. So don't beat yourself up too much if your prayer, if your life of prayer feels blah. If you're like, I don't know, I'm trying, I'm going to Mass every week, I'm going to reconciliation, you know, I, I go to adoration when I can and spend time with the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm praying every day, I'm, you know, I'm striving to pray my rosary every day, and I'm, I'm stopping at my shrine every morning and every evening, but I don't know, it still just feels blah. Don't beat yourself up. Know that you are not alone, right? And remind yourself often what Father Kentenick so, so passionately Proclaim to all of us, I firmly believe that no one will be lost who remains faithful to the covenant of love. Believe that in your heart and know that part of living this covenant is fulfilling your duties faithfully. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I want to read to you now um, the email response not Rebecca's email because I don't know how much she wants me to disclose to you. I didn't ask her permission and I feel like that wouldn't be very nice of me if I just read that, what she wrote to me. But I, I am going to read my response to her because I think this will summarize everything that I, um, that I wanted to say on the podcast on this episode. And then as we kind of tie all this together and we close in prayer, let me just remind you that next month I'll have her on the show where we can kind of dissect this a little bit more, where we can hear from her directly and where I can have a conversation with her about what it's like being a young mom who's entered into this covenant of love and recently dedicated your uh, uh, your home shrine and what's this like actually living this out, right? Fulfilling your duties faithfully and... Um, being faithful to the covenant of love and and um, inviting the Blessed Mother into your home and into the life of your family. Okay, so my response to her is my response to all of you. If you're struggling with um, dry desolations in prayer or just wondering, am I doing anything? Is this worth it? Is this worth it, right? When your soul feels downcast, to use the words from Psalm 42. Be comforted by the fact that you're not alone in your struggle. Our lives of prayer are certainly filled with ups and downs and highs and lows and consolations and desolations. Feelings can be incredibly poor indicators on how our prayer is actually going. Sometimes we feel so dry and desolate in our prayer, but we are closer to God than we have ever before, been before, or vice versa. Faithfulness is the indicator we must concern ourselves with most. And growth in virtue and a decrease in vice, no matter how small this growth and decrease are, are also good indicators of spiritual growth. Are we continuing to show up even when it's hard and doesn't make sense to? And showing up might look different day to day based on what our duties in life require. Remember, we are doing God's will when we fulfill our duties as wives and mothers faithfully. We should always make an attempt to carve out time for personal prayer with the Lord every day. But as long as we're not making excuses to avoid prayer, we can be sure the Lord is pleased with our efforts to provide for those entrusted to us in the best way we can and in union with Him. This, then, becomes our most perfect prayer and offering to Him. Remain faithful to our Lord. Stay united with Him in the sacraments of the Church. And do your best to pray and to fulfill your duties faithfully. I assure you the Lord will be most pleased with you in these efforts. Then we must simply trust that he will continue to draw us closer to him. And he will. 
in ways that we will never fully understand, but will one day marvel and awe at. And so as I said to her, I say to all of you, I will be holding you all close to my heart in prayer. Please pray for me too. I firmly believe that no one will be lost who remains faithful to the covenant of love. Wow. Words to ponder, words to think about, words to remember as we go through the ups and downs that come in our lives of prayer. To wrap all of this up and to pray with today, I'm going to end with Psalm 42. I'll just recite the entire psalm and that will be our closing prayer. Again, know that I'm praying for you and I humbly ask that you keep me in your prayers as well. And I look forward to connecting with you again next month with our very special guest. So here is Psalm 42. As the deer longs for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I enter and see the face of God? My tears have been my bread day and night, as they ask me every day, where is your God? Those times I recall as I pour out my soul, when I would cross over to the shrine of the Mighty One, to the house of God, amid loud cries of thanksgiving, with the multitude keeping festival. Why are you downcast, my soul? Why do you groan within me? Wait for God, I shall again praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your torrents and all your waves and breakers sweep over me. By day, may the Lord send his mercy and by night, may his righteousness be with me. I will pray to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why do you forget me? Why must I go about mourning with the enemy oppressing me? It shatters my bones when my adversaries reproach me, when they say to me every day, where is your God? Why are you downcast, my soul? Why do you groan within me? Wait for God, for I shall again praise him my Savior and my God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I trust your might, your kindness, Mother dear. I do believe that you are always near. Schoenstatt's great queen, O Mother mild, I blindly trust in you and in your child. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.